other side of midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everybody. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. Well, it is official. Our redistricting fight in New York will never end. We will be redrawing congressional district lines in this state forever. I think this was Dante's ninth circle of hell. My goodness, the attempts by the Democrats in the New York state legislature to try to gerrymander the Republicans into oblivion will not stop. Yesterday, What we've been warning you about occurred. The state legislature has officially rejected a proposal from the Independent Redistricting Commission. It's not really independent, but it is bipartisan. Equal number of Democrat and Republican appointees. Lawmakers will now need to draw and approve their own map. In the state Senate, 40 members voted to reject the legislation and 17 voted in favor of the map that was recommended by the bipartisan commission. Every Democrat in the state Senate voted to reject the maps, with the exception of state senators Sim Kefelder and Andrew Guinardis. The ringleader of that whole crew in the state Senate was Michael Gianaris. There are numerous uh, problems with the map that was sent to us that run afoul of the constitutional guidelines that uh, exist in our state constitution. This is just total nonsense. Not a single Republican voted to reject the map. Lawmakers would have needed a supermajority to approve the map. The assembly rejected the independent redistricting map 47 to 99. What happens now? Well, the legislature is again just as they did two years ago, going to draw its own lines, which practically guarantees that there will be yet another court challenge to this. Now, what is even more amazing is they're trying to rig the system to make sure this now appears before a friendly judge. They're trying to make it so that you can only bring this case in certain counties. So never mind if you're a voter that's about to be gerrymandered and lose your congressional representative. Never mind that. You're only going to be able to bring the case in Albany, not your home county state Supreme Court. This is such a joke. This redistricting process needs to end. And this should not be a semi-permanent state of governance in the state. Just let people run for office in the districts as they exist. I think this is a real shame, and I think this shows how uh, stupid, quite frankly, this redistricting amendment was when it was passed. I warned about this very scenario. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Everyone, this is the other side of midnight on 77 WABC. I'm superstar Frank. We spent some time talking about the death of Flacco the owl. While we're still waiting for the necropsy and the toxicology report, it does appear that Flacco died by colliding into a building in Midtown Manhattan. And I had no idea how prevalent these bird strike deaths were. It's about 230,000 in New York City 
alone, probably about half a million around the country. And I said there's got to be something that can be done about this, whether it's building design or some sort of bird repellent situation. Well, it turns out there actually is already New York State legislation to try to save some birds. There's been legislation introduced in both the New York State Senate and the Assembly called the Bird Safe Buildings Act. It is uh, a law that would require any new or significantly altered state buildings to incorporate bird-friendly designs, particularly in their windows. Nearly a quarter million birds in New York City and more than a billion across the country, according to the memo in the legislation. Meanwhile, it could be half a million to a billion, who knows, die each year from collisions with buildings. This number can be reduced if buildings utilize bird-safe practices. Well, what happened yesterday, and I'm not saying it's because we spent a lot of time talking about this on the radio because I'm sure a lot of people had the same idea. They have renamed this legislation. They have renamed the Bird-Safe Buildings Act to the FLACO Act. The acronym FLACO is... It stands for Feathered Lives Also Count Act, but it is really to honor Flacco the owl who inspired so many New Yorkers. I have to tell you, I haven't studied every aspect of this legislation. Maybe there's some unforeseen aspects of it that I wouldn't be for, but I think this is a good idea. I really do think we need to do more to make sure that these buildings aren't magnets for bird strikes. And one of the things that they recommend, the Audubon Society and others, in terms of avoiding bird strikes for the time being, is to keep the lights off, especially during the day. Make things a little bit darker within the skyscraper itself so that the birds don't think it's a continuation of the sky. Until this Flacco Act gets passed, that's probably a good idea that property managers and building owners should consider. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. I will tell you, I absolutely love what is happening with this Democratic primary for U.S. Senate in the state of New Jersey. Why? Andy Kim, Congressman Andy Kim, who's running for U.S. Senate, presumably against Bob Menendez, although we don't know what Menendez is going to do, and New Jersey's First Lady Tammy Murphy, has now handed Murphy her third straight loss in this Senate primary. Congressman Andy Kim won his third straight county convention on Sunday, beating his top rival, Tammy Murphy, in the race for the Democratic nomination, this time in Hunterdon County. So this victory for Andy Kim came after the Hunterdon County convention was briefly thrown into disarray when the county chair, who is an ally of the Murphys, both Phil, the governor, and his wife, Tammy, the Senate candidate, proposed changing the endorsement rules. He saw that they were going to lose and wanted to change the rules. It would have allowed candidates with 30% of the vote to share the so-called county line, which is a pretty valuable ballot positioning device that party-endorsed candidates receive. If you're not running 
on the county line. They basically put you in ballot Siberia. So far down the ballot, only Vernon Troyer can see you. The proposal was met with cursing and screams from the convention delegates and beaten down in a hand vote. But if the rule change went through, it would have meant that Kim would have had to share the line with Tammy Murphy in the county, likely putting them on equal footing visually with primary voters. But Kim's victory in Hunterdon means he wins the county line, placing him in the same ballot column as other party-endorsed candidates. A very unique and hugely important feature of New Jersey's primary system. I love this for a few reasons. One, sometimes the party organization and the party bosses are dominant. Sometimes the money interests in a political process are dominant. In the case of Tammy Murphy, she's the candidate of big money and of the party bosses, and Andy Kim is still handing her defeat after defeat by by rank-and-file Democratic activists. They are rejecting the Murphys time and time again. But the other reason, the second reason I think this is a good thing is I hope this finally puts an end to New Jersey's absurd use of the county line system. There's no reason for it. It's absurd. It's undemocratic. It needs to go. And Andy Kim killing off Tammy Murphy in this process may be the nail in the coffin for the county line system. We'll see. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. One issue that we've paid a great deal of attention to is the issue of suicide, namely among military members and members of law enforcement. And now four police officers in Suffolk County died by suicide over the last few weeks and it's pushing some officials to focus more on mental health. Now, obviously, it's just terrible that four police officers died by suicide everywhere, especially in a uh, place like Suffolk County. But I think the focus, the renewed focus because of this on mental health is a good thing. And now Suffolk County officials are examining the mental health services and are offering support to law enforcement professionals after these four officers died by suicide. Suffolk County Executive Ed Romaine put out a statement. We are devastated at the news of these tragic deaths. My administration has wasted no time in addressing the issue of mental health among all of our employees and have begun providing information about mental health resources available to them and to their families. The suicides included two Suffolk police officers, a deputy sheriff, and a probation officer. The latest happened early last week. This is reaching epidemic proportions, and we need to do something about this. We don't exactly know how bad the problem of law enforcement suicide is because agencies self-report, so the data may not capture all law enforcement suicides, but uh, we do know that it's a problem. Blue Help, a Massachusetts nonprofit that tracks suicides among all first responders, including firefighters and 911 operators, reported 163 nationwide last year. The reasons for suicide among law enforcement professionals are varied and could be unrelated to their work, but police and other law enforcement officers can find themselves responding to emotionally charged situations. They can find themselves dealing with all sorts of stress 
stress, and they have access oftentimes to a firearm, and that is a recipe for disaster. So this is something that ought to be a priority, not only in Suffolk County, but everywhere. If you're struggling and you want to share your feelings with somebody, you could call the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline and have someone to talk to 24 hours a day in English or in Spanish. You can just do that by dialing 988. That's 988. To be continued.